The New Testament reading comes from the Gospel of Luke. Listen now for the word of God. He entered Jericho and was passing through it. A man was there named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. He was trying to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd, he could not because he was short in stature. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree to see him because he was going to pass that way. When Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried down and he was happy to welcome him. All who saw it began to grumble and said, he has gone to the guest of one who is a sinner. Zacchaeus stood there and said to the Lord, Look, half of my possessions, Lord, I will give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I will pay back four times as much. Then Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because he too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek out and to save the lost. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Please pray with me. God of Abraham and Isaac, of Sarah and Hagar, of Zacchaeus, and of each of us, we ask you to bless this text and this reading so that way we may more deeply know you. In your name we pray, amen. Last week, Andrew and I finished a sermon series on the environment and our responsibility to participate in creating the world as it should be. Today we start our month-long journey through the lectionary and focus on the stewardship of our church community, the stewardship of our very lives, of this very place. And to assist us with this month of reflection, we're doing a three-week adult ed series using the book Beyond the Offering Plate, a holistic approach to stewardship. Our hope is that this book will allow us to challenge the assumptions that we have about stewardship. According to the editor of this volume, Adam Copeland, stewardship is a lived theology founded on the claim that all resources begin with and belong to God, end quote. To be a steward, according to the old English form of the word, means to be an official keeper of a house or part of a house. This definition of stewardship emphasizes the theme stewarding your life because we're talking about keeping our houses in order, aren't we? And I don't mean keeping the floors clean and putting away the dishes before a guest comes over. I mean our entire house, the house of our bodies, the house of our time, the house of our bank accounts, the house of our privilege. Even the way we steward this very house, the house of the Lord, the one we are in right now. 
the one that God has given to us as a gift. Understanding stewardship this way goes beyond thinking about it as fundraising, as a main goal. Because if we truly think about it, the resources we have don't belong to us in the first place. It may seem like they do, we could each argue. We're the ones earning that money, right? We're the ones receiving those paychecks and depositing them. So wouldn't it seem like that money belonged to each of us? Zacchaeus would even say that it doesn't belong to us, and he was surrounded by wealth. As Andrew pointed out last Sunday, tax collectors were reviled members of the community for essentially behaving as double agents in their areas of responsibility, loyal to both the empire and their people simultaneously. The spiritual exercise here with the story of Zacchaeus is to practice the come down from that tree method of stewardship. You see, Zacchaeus seems to have not a care about the risks it would take to encounter Jesus. He was willing to push his way through that crowd, put up with their grumbling and their whining. The people in that crowd are so thick that Zacchaeus cannot see through them or get to the front in order to see Jesus. And as a fellow vertically challenged person, I have great empathy for Zacchaeus. I know what it is like to be at a concert or a play and have the treaded tall guy with a hat, all caps, stand in front of me or sit in front of me in the theater or really, you know, any kind of blocking and get in the way so I can't see the show or the concert. Zacchaeus will go to any length or rather any height to see Jesus in the flesh. So he goes up into the sycamore tree, and I imagine this road is lined with people in trees, that he is not the only one who has climbed to the top of a tree to see Jesus. And in the midst of the sounds of this crowd, Jesus is trying to make it through the clamor for his attention, for his healing power, for his touch. Zacchaeus was wealthy enough and had enough financial power to have almost whatever he wanted. And yet the one thing, the one part of his life that was missing was this encounter with Jesus. He felt something inside of him, a longing, an ache, an emptiness that compelled him up that tree that day. He climbed that tree and found his freedom in the form of Jesus calling out to him, hurry up and come down. Jesus, in the midst of the crush of people demanding his time and attention, calls out to Zacchaeus these words of welcome. And he climbs down that tree and encounters Jesus. The crowd, the same crowd of people that was so thick that Zacchaeus couldn't see, the same crowd of people that did not want to give him a spot in the front because they know who he is and what he does for a living. Does any of that matter to Jesus? Yes, it does, but not at all at the same time. In fact, it is the reality that Zacchaeus, a tax collector with a large amount of privilege and power in the Roman Empire, climbs a tree to meet Jesus. It is the reality that Zacchaeus knows that he isn't enough, that he can't do enough or be enough on his own, 
He can't make himself tall enough, even in this moment. That longing, that ache, that emptiness, none of his status or financial wealth will do anything to satisfy that. But now he has met someone who inexplicably can. He has met Jesus, the only one who says with confidence, Zacchaeus, I'm staying at your house tonight. The crowd grumbles and Zacchaeus declares, I'm giving half of my belongings to those in need, and I'm returning fourfold what I have taken from others unfairly. Jesus offers redemption for his entire household, not just for him. This story reminds me of the community organizing concept that there are no permanent enemies in life. There are only permanent interests. I know that sounds a bit cut and dry, but hear me out for a minute. I'm going to talk about self-interest for a second. What is Zacchaeus' self-interest here? Oh, according to some, he wants to meet Jesus. That's his self-interest. Or he wants to save himself. He, wants, he will do anything to make that happen, including climb up that tree. And what about that crowd, right? That grumbling crowd who judges him who also clamors to the front. I imagine that they have that same kind of longing and ache inside too, just like he does. They want to experience Jesus and will do whatever it takes to make that happen for them. And Jesus. Now his self-interest is a little harder to pin down, but it seems to be somehow related to the offering of forgiveness. Jesus isn't interested in judging Zacchaeus or condemning him. It seems like the crowd and Zacchaeus himself have done that enough already. Jesus is more interested in turning the self-righteous crowd's ideas about welcome and reconciliation on their heads than he is about heaping more condemnation on the head of Zacchaeus. He's more interested in the display of forgiveness extending to Zacchaeus and his entire family. And when Jesus thinks about stewarding his house, he thinks about welcome. He thinks about staying with one of the most reviled people in Jericho. He thinks about challenging that self-righteous crowd to live a better way. He thinks about telling each of us to hurry up and come down from our trees. No one in this story is the permanent enemy. The crowd and Zacchaeus both get it wrong here. Jesus sees that the opportunity for movement, for transformation, for the world as it should be, to come to life. And so he says the most unusual words. I am staying at your house tonight. What would you do if Jesus said he was coming over to your house tonight? I know I would want to clean my bathroom a little bit better than usual. But Zacchaeus doesn't say any of that. Instead, he makes an even bigger promise. That welcome and hospitality that Jesus showed him, that moment he will now turn and share with the crowd. The very same crowd that pushed him away and wouldn't let him see Jesus in the first place. The very same crowd that he had abused and misused as a tax collector in Jericho. He is seeking reconciliation with them and will not allow their judgment and hatred toward him color the way that he reacts to them in this moment. 
The outpouring of love that Jesus gives him has changed him. And now he outpours that same love on the crowd. So where are you hiding up in that tree, church? Where are you straining for a glimpse of Jesus in your life? Are you in that crowd judging others, being less holy, thinking that they're less holy than you are? Are you Zacchaeus in that tree, feeling that empty feeling, knowing there is something more to life than what you were promised? Are you being challenged to be like Christ, to offer forgiveness to someone you'd rather ignore or despise? Because Jesus has come to your house today. He has told you to climb down that tree and will not pass you by on the road. Zacchaeus knows that love and shares it in abundance, knowing that none of that money belonged to him in the first place. Do you hear Jesus calling your name? Come down. Come down from that tree and live.